Let's take a moment and silence our cell phones and any other electronic devices if we have not already done so, and we'll begin. My name is Michelle Ensenroth, and I'll be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Green Bay, Wisconsin School. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. This Green Bay branch was established in 1975. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean of the Green Bay School, Dr. Andy Verkaterin, the President, Dr. Mike Josephson, and the Vice President, Dr. Tina Willicott. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been improperly substituted with Lord. The true title of the Word of Son is Elohim. This has been improperly substituted with God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. This has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles, not names. The Apostle Paul, though with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is a title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove Neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce a sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible <coughs> renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself as a cloud is no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, 
What was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also in this school, we teach about the divine pattern of the universe. It is the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern. Naturally, nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional aims and objectives of the Institute are as follows. First off, you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, both modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons offered in the mystery of iniquity on earth through dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of moral glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading this morning will be 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And we would like to start class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Tina Pettigrew of the Lansing, Michigan class. And we will also be having a song selection this morning. Thank you. and minds. Let us thank Yahweh, our Elohim, through Yahshua the Messiah, for bringing us here this weekend to gather together in the praise and honor of his name through his pattern for salvation of our souls from here throughout eternity. And let us pray that our hearts are open and able to receive 
the lecture that is going to take forth this morning. And let us thank our Father for just bringing us all together. It's been a fabulous weekend, and we, we love and praise and honor him, and we just are happy to be amongst the brethren. Uh, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.
teacher and he is what is in every one of us to receive and believe what it is that he's saying that's kind of what he's had on my heart and mind and I want to go back to the scripture lesson that we had yesterday first Corinthians 12 and I want you to start around the 27th verse and read down into the chapter we read today and then I don't want you to read down into the chapter all the way through although it's not a very long chapter okay. um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 right now you are the body of the Messiah okay <laughs> here we go you are the body of the Messiah um, Yahweh has been sharing with us all this common theme of the kingdom, of what it means to be in the kingdom. And this ages and dispensations chart lays out Yahweh's purpose and plan through this series of ages. This is one week with Yahweh. This says you have 52 weeks in your calendar year. This is not the only week that is in Yahweh's eternity. This is just one. And we're in the midst of this week, the fourth age. That's what? What's the fourth day of the week? Thursday? Wednesday. Wow, Wednesday. That's right. I don't cut Sunday as the first one. But, so we're in Wednesday. We're, this is just Wednesday. It's the hump day. Yeah, so you have to get over the hump. <laughs> and get to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Yes. Saturday is Sabbath. So that's what we're moving through. And, and sometimes it is a daunting thought, this end of the creation, right? But when you capsule, capsule, when you think of it as a week, capsule, that was the word I was looking for. When you think of it as a week, and that you're moving through this week. Now, you're not afraid to move from Wednesday to Thursday in a normal week. No. Tomorrow's Monday. And of course, Mondays, you know, everything's popping off. But I'm not afraid to go into Monday. So we should not be fearful of moving from one day of the week to the next. This is where you are right now in this present kingdom age. And I want to talk about why 
that says that, because it didn't always used to say that. Right. If you realize your history about these charts, this is a very important chart, and I want to I want to focus on this for a minute, and I'm still in that scripture lesson. Because that body is what we've been grafted into since Pentecost. Those of us who have received and believed the Holy Spirit, Yahshua, the teacher. And you were called to be in that body. I recently was putting out some of the Dr. Killing quotes about this. And one of the most profound ones that I read, because I had had this question about what he would say was the description of what it meant in Romans the eighth chapter. And I want you to stop right there for a minute and I want you to get it. Romans eight and start I think about twenty six. Okay. <laughs> about eight and twenty six. So I wanted to know what he said about this. And and I want to say this too. I want you to understand that Yahweh in his infinite, infinite infinite wisdom. You have to understand, Yahweh knows what he's doing. And nothing is by happenstance. He knows what he's doing. You think about he delivered this vision to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kelly. And he didn't leave it up to Henry Clifford Kelly to preach it. He tabernacled in that body to preach this. Okay? And then during this time that he's preaching it, he has the forethought, the preeminent wisdom to record it. You think about that. Yahweh recorded what he said. And why do you think he did that? And then he made it so that it was transcribed. See, you and I, we really don't have an excuse for not knowing just what Yahweh said about the thing and keeping just what he said. Because he's the one that knows what's up. He knows what he's talking about, and he's not lying to any of us about it. So one of the profound things that Dr. Kim talked about was this scripture, Romans 8, 26, and read down from there. Romans 8 and 26. It's on this chart. 8 and 2 is on here. And that is um, the spirit law. Go ahead and read that. Spirit law. Read Romans 8 and 1 through 3. Sure. Romans 8 and 1. Uh-huh. There is therefore now no condemnation to mm-hmm. them which are in Yahshua's Messiah. Right. Who walk not afraid or after the flesh, but after the spirit. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Read on. For the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua the Messiah uh-huh. hath made me free from the law of sin and death. When Yahshua accomplished our salvation, and he has already saved you, when he took upon himself all of the sin of the world and put it on this special prepared body and consumed this body, fulfilling all of those cardinal ordinances that was given back here under the law that pointed out sin. Did you understand that sin existed before that? It was already placed on the man from his four pants, Adam and Eve. And Yahweh set that up that way because he is proving why he is the one who is the almighty deliverer. He's proving that. This is a phrase, Yahweh Elohim Yahshua. Every Hebrew name has a meaning. His name has a meaning. And it's declaring his purpose and his, um, what his manifestation or what he's revealing about himself in this week. 
He is the almighty deliverer. That's what El El Shaddai is almighty. Yah is once again one who is that source, salvation, or deliverance, or savior. So everything he's doing in this purpose, in this week, is proving this. Everything he's doing. So here, when Yahshua came in, and that's why this chart is painted the way it is for the Adamic transgression plate being over the resurrection, death, burial, resurrection plate. Because it is showing you the round trip of the descension or degeneration in Adam and the resurrection or regeneration in Yahshua. His entire purpose operating by this pattern is that round trip. Yahweh came out of pure spirit. There's your death. He came down into the flesh. That's your burial. He died there. He resurrected back to this state. That's resurrection, ascension. That's the whole process. The whole thing is talking about Yahweh. They started in Canaan land. They had to go through and come down to Egypt. They had to come back up through wilderness of Sinai where reformation or change took place and returned back to Canaan land. It's a round trip. He's always showing us that. And when you have a pattern, you recognize that those principles are going to repeat themselves. So Yahweh didn't make it hard. He made it to repeat over and over and over and over again. He had a vessel of salvation back here in the ark. This vessel of salvation here with this tabernacle of the wilderness. And that all pointed to the vessel of salvation was Yahshua the Messiah. When he accomplished that, he did it once for all and fulfilled what he said he was coming to do when he told Daniel that in Daniel 9. I'm coming in, and there's seven, I think there's seven things, or it might be nine things, but one of those things is make an end of sin. Set up everlasting righteousness, everlasting righteousness, and anoint the most holy. And there will not be a successor, because he's not going to be dead. He's resurrected from the dead and now lives within our heart and mind, which is what he's talking about, this law of the spirit of life in Yahshua. When you are a recipient of that Holy Spirit, you are grafted into and made a part of this body. And this is what Dr. Kinley was talking about when he went back to Romans 8th chapter. So you got that, and go over to the 26th verse. And I'm talking about this kingdom and what Yahweh did in this age. This age, this age is different from these former ages. This one here. Monumental change in the midst of the week with Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection, and outpouring the Holy Spirit. Not like anything back here. You understand? The principles remain the same, but the manifestation changes. So, what you have here, you had the Spirit walking all the way down, but it wasn't permanent. But what you have here, it is permanent. And that was reflected in the transition you've got in that migratory pattern. From them coming up out of Egypt, they had here in the wilderness of Sinai that vessel with this tabernacle. But when they came up here, they had to be in a permanent structure, that temple, and being made part. You understand? And they built this temple silently. And the stones that were fit in that temple were chiseled and prepared beforehand and placed and just fit in the temple. Do you understand that? We're about to read what he's talking about that spiritually so with Paul right here. Romans 8 and 26 and I'll shut up. Uh, dropping down to 26. Mm -hmm. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Right. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Right. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit itself making intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The entire world is incorrect in the way that they go about to worship their Heavenly Father because they fail to realize one of the things they fail to realize is this point right here. You don't run to somebody. That spirit is within you. This is what Yahweh accomplished with this age. In this age, which is where Paul is writing, by the way. And that was prefigured back here with this tabernacle and temple. When they completed it, the spirit filled it. And I'm not going to walk all the way down. Oh, here it is. And here you have the human body that is configured after this tabernacle pattern or after the divine pattern which Elohim himself, the archetype original pattern in the universe. Your, heaven, your body is configured that way to show forth in the natural the same process that occurred in the spirit. All of these are allegories because what Yahshua came in and do was he, when he, he was the container, if you will, for all the Holy Spirit, you understand? And when he got rid of that body, and, and I found her described like this, he was God in the body, so when you get rid of the body, all you got left is God. And so that's what it was that was poured out on the day of Pentecost to all those that were, listen, anybody, everybody up there in that upper, upper room? Uh-uh. These were the ones that were invited to this upper room. There were 120 of them. You understand? Just like in that ark. You didn't go and decide you wanted to be in that ark. That's what I hate about that movie Noah. You can't see it. I, I'm going to spoil it for you. That whole part of to the pain. I almost throw something at the stupid movie. <laughs> 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 cutting a hole in the middle of the sidewalk and climbing in. That was crazy. But that's the, the mind, the natural mind. I watched this movie last night. I'm moving up. I watched this movie called Eminence last night. They tried to marry these religious principles of Jonah with, uh, I, you had to watch, I was like, but it's such confusion. I was like, what the, what was the point? At the end of the movie, you know, just, anyway. They tried to do resurrection after three minutes. They had it basically, it was just, it was just, you know, it was interesting how they tried to do it. But see, with that carnal mind, you've got to understand this, folks. You have to understand how you got here. You have to understand why you're still here. The carnal mind is written in your scripture. Yahweh knows what he's talking about. He wrote that by the Holy Spirit through Paul. The natural man cannot receive the things of Yahweh. He said cannot. He cannot receive them because they are spiritually discerned. He's showing spiritual things to spiritual people, not carnal. You have to be transformed. You have been transformed. You have been translated. You understand? This is what this age is. You understand? You have been, you have, this is, we're not talking about salvation you're about to do. He's done this. This is present tense. Present kingdom age. This used to say kingdom age. You have kingdom age here, you have kingdom age here. People get confused about this when you look at this in your element book. Because the sixth dispensation was kingdom. It was over here. This was kingdom and immortality. This is kingdom or immortality 
dwelling in mortality. That's what this kingdom is, present kingdom age. It is the same kingdom. It is the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. I want you to notice something else about this chart. You see how you have in this antediluvian age. Age of conscience and Adam all died. Adamic covenant. Noahic dispensation. Adamic dispensation. Human government. Melchizedek. You have David on some of David on here. Melchizedek, Abraham. You got Mosaic law. Then over here, you got spiritual kingdom on earth. Spiritual assembly body of Yahshua. Holy Spirit through faith. Pentecost. Spirit law. Law of the Spirit. New Testament covenant. There's only one name over here. That's right. Don't miss that. That's not an accident. Yahweh knows what he's talking about. Adam, Noah, Melchizedek, David, Abraham, one name. Yahshua. That's not an accident. He knows what he's doing. So what did he say to Paul when he knocked him down on the road to Damascus? Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting all my believers and disciples and all the preachers and all the... No! Paul, why are you persecuting me? Y'all understand what happened to you. Y'all understand what's happened to you. You've been absorbed. You've been... You've been... You've been reconstituted. Yeah. <laughs> and see, listen, the power, the true peace, joy, and righteousness comes with your realization of exactly that fact. Yeah. And this is important because this world is going crazy. Yeah. I don't think I said that loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me to think there's anything salvageable here. It's not happening. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because something has happened to you just like it happened to these people. Listen, it's a repeat. It's a repeat. I'm going to get to it. I'm coming up, coming. This repeat. See, they got this ark. See, they were in this ark. They were in this ark seven days before it started raining. What do you think they were doing? They were at rest. They were at peace. You understand? This is before any rain hits. Y'all would have shut the door. You understand? And that rain starts, they would, what do we do? What do we do? Just be still and see the salvation of Yahweh. Isn't that, is that what he told them? Yeah. Be still. See the salvation of Yahweh. Don't get panicked when you see this stuff about to go off in this world. But recognize the same thing that happened here. He had to destroy the place. Same thing that happened here. He had to destroy the place. You understand? They wanted to rebuild the temple. You understand? Yahweh said it won't be. No one stone left on none won't be thrown down. He's destroying the place. You're not going to have nothing physical. You understand? When Yahweh's tearing up the place, he ain't tearing it up for you to restart something physical. No, uh He's getting rid of that. He's moving it out of the way. You have to recognize what Yahweh's purpose is. He is moving us toward this immortality kingdom. You're in the kingdom now. You have the immortal spirit. You are part of that immortal kingdom now. And your name is Yahshua. That's your real name. I have to transcript. I'll send out that quote too. Not to kill the talk about that. Your name is Yahshua. So you think it's Robert Harris. I like the one that he said where he said, now, they said, now, Dr. Kimmy would be the next speaker. He said, uh-uh. He said, I do all the speaking down <laughs> That's not Christopher Kelly saying that. That's Yahweh Elohim. This one is saying that. 
So let's get to this Romans part. I just want to touch on this, and then we'll go back to scripture lesson, and I'll be done. So Romans 26, he said the law of the reading. Uh, I'll start 26 over it. Okay. Uh, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Right. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Right. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Right. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, mm -hmm. because he maketh intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. The Holy Spirit never misses. He maketh the prayer to Yahweh according to the purpose. He knows what Yahweh's purpose is. He knows what's coming down the street. He knows what's around the block the next week, the next month. So he's making the prayer according to the purpose of Yahweh. To move us through these this week. Move us through the week. Okay, we know. Verse 28. Mm -hmm. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh. Now that's hard. That's hard. Uh, going through whatever, I'm like, this Yahweh works together for good. This, you sure? But see, what you recognize is whatever tribulation he's putting you through right. makes you and transforms that mind, you understand, from recognizing or, or from seeing something as in the limited, listen, you have to understand, we have a limited little human mind that says a little bit of human perspective. Yahweh's way bigger than that. He's way bigger than that. And so every experience you're having with him is translating and forming your mind to see that. Help you find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. He's all powerful, all encompassing. This little bitty tribulation ain't got nothing on eternity. So he's making you understand that. You see, you get through this and get through that. I can tell you something. You have the same stories. They're not stories, they're events that happen in your life, and he's showing you he's getting through anything that comes and obstructs. And he's showing you to be patient. He's showing you to be meek. He's showing you that love. He should, that's what we're about to go into the scripture lesson. But keep reading where you are right there. <clears throat> to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I checked both files. I'm going to check a few more. To them who are the called. Mm, yeah. right. It doesn't say called. It says the called. That's right. Keep reading. Verse 29. Right. For whom he did foreknow. Him he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. One of the students that received that quote I'm talking to you about said that in the class that she was grown, raised up in, they taught them that Yahweh didn't know you. He didn't know nothing about you. Which is, I can't believe it was a class. I'm like, yeah, I can understand if that was a church that said that. You know, Yahweh's a God who's leaving it up to you. And he's reactionary. Oh, you did that? Now let me fix. That's not what Yahweh does. He purposed the whole thing from the very beginning. Then he came in and executed exactly what he came to do. He said, my word shall go forth and shall not return to me void. It will accomplish all that I have set for it to do. And it is set to do something. You set the clock. You have a time that the clock's going to ding. Wake up. You set the clock. You, you foreknew that. You understand? It's not. Listen, and when you. Look, folks, when Yahweh crystallizes that in you, you talk about peace. You talk about peace. Yahweh, what am I going to do with this, with this case? I don't know what to do. Whatever you do, you set it in motion. Whatever happens, please, y'all. I'm always asking this. Let them do what I ask. 
It was a specific purpose. Read it right there. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is where Dr. Kelly, because that was what I was curious about. What is he going to say about that? He said he predestinated you. He said, listen, all of you, are you here? He said he predestinated you to be conformed to the image of his son. Your purpose here is to look like him. That's what the whole thing is about. Everything you're going through in your life, whatever y'all is showing you, that right step. Now we're going to understand something about social genderness. We're going to get that. Get it down pat. You understand? Understand the nature of Yahweh. Understand the character of Yahweh. Understand the attributes of Yahweh on him. And take them on. You have become conformed to the image of your being. Conformed to the image of his son. It doesn't happen instantaneously. He's got to take you through things. One of the beautiful things that I learned from Dr. Chuck Weber. Is that his name? Okay. He went through about how he was learning how to plant trees. He wanted to plant fruit trees. And he planted the fruit trees and he said, I was trying to make the, I went to a class about it. So I told them I was making the, the hole real nice and cleaning it all out. He said, no, you don't want to do that. So you want to leave rocks and sticks in there because it Roots, it helps support the root system. He said, well, I wanted to fertilize and then take care of it. He said, no, nope, you don't want to do that. He said, you want to leave the plant alone. He said, it bears its fruit when it's stressed. That's awesome. When you said that, I said, that's why all this stuff is happening. I did it. It has to be pressurized like a diamond. It's got to have the heat. Don't be upset with what's happening to you. He's using it to conform you to the image of his son. You're being chiseled, hammered, and set into the temple. That's awesome. If you look back there at that, that temple, Solomon's temple, man, that thing was awesome. That was a type of Yahshua, Yahweh, and who's glorified body. What? I'm a part of that. A lot of stones in the temple. That's what Yahweh selected you to do. Part of this body selected you for that. You didn't happen to. That was what he said in this pamphlet. Not pamphlet, in this lecture. He said, somebody said, well, I just love you people down there. I decided to come. He said, uh-uh. He said, no man come to the Father said my father brought him. He ain't lying. That's right, he didn't lie, Joshua said that. Yeah. No man knows the Father but the Son. Don't right. you understand what's happened to you? Yeah. Don't nobody know the Father but the Son. Mm. Are you sitting up here talking about you know Yahweh? That's because he sent the Spirit of his Son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father, Abba, my Father. Yeah. Not somebody separate. He's made you one like he prayed. Father, make them one like you and I are one. They're one and the same, of the same spirit, of the same mind. And this mind being this spirit, being you that was in Yahshua Messiah. That's how you dwell together in unity. That's the only way you can. Just like this physical body. The body doesn't fight against itself. No, the body of Yahshua's side has no schism. There's no such thing. Those that are fit to be in the body are becoming 
just that one. And together. You understand? Listen, folks. Keep reading where you are. We're going to go right over to that um, scripture lesson. Just finish that right there. Yeah. Uh, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Right. This here. This right here. This right here. The firstborn among many brothers. He's the head. You're the assembly. You're the body. You understand? And he died for you. You understand? He loves you. He's not doing it because he hates you. He's doing it because he loves you. You understand? And he's shown his abundant love toward you. Keep reading. Uh, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That's why you're here. You died. And whom he called, them he also justified. Justified. Listen, that's what he Listen, the blood of Yahshua Messiah, he said, that's this another one. You're working with me about. He said, over there, he that is born of Yahweh doth not commit sin. Doth not commit sin. For he cannot, is that cannot again, cannot sin. For his seed remaineth in him. What seed? Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your seed. As the stars of heaven and stand the sea, we're talking about Isaac. No, we're talking about Yahshua. That's the seed. And he's blessing all nations too. That seed, Yahshua, the Holy Spirit, remains in him. Don't you understand that? The Holy Spirit is the law. This is the Holy Spirit. Yahshua said, You call Melchim. That's the Holy Spirit. This is Yahweh's divine attributes. You had the 40 plate chart the other day. It might be okay, but it's a little different over here. Okay? You got those hearts in the principle. Okay? Because this, this plate on your 40 plate chart has those hearts in the principle. And one of the important things that's on that is that it has this word here. Right. Over here, too. There's the hearts. If you recognize those hearts are all here in this top part, most holy place and holy place. And down here at the bottom is kingdom. These are the hearts, and they're within a bigger heart. Okay? This is Yahweh in his abstract state that's in the theosophy plate, on the 40 plate chart. Those principles, those attributes, and that kingdom at the bottom. He said he set up the kingdom when? God's not reactionary. He didn't decide to set up the kingdom like the kingdom. Paul, Jehovah's Witnesses thing. He's setting up the kingdom and he's coming back to get us in the kingdom. No! He told you the kingdom was prepared before the foundation of the world. Right. You know I didn't even, I've been in this class now six years old. I just realized that. Just Yahweh just told me that. Like in the last couple months. That's why kingdom's up there, Rhonda. Because I prepared it before the foundation of the world. It was prepared in him already. When he took on this shape and form, it's prepared. That's why kingdom's here. The kingdom is there. He fixing the kingdom, then putting you in it. It's like he didn't fix this, he didn't fix this, this uh, garden. You understand? Leave out stuff. It was all prepared for the man when he got there. Everything he needed. You understand? It was pretty how that was way. So he said, now. Nah, that's what you've been brought here for. So I'm going to finish up. I have five minutes, right? Yep. Okay, so go from where we were in that scripture lessons 
your 27th verse and read down into the 13th. And then I'm going to skip over to the beginning of the 14th because it actually congeals. You realize this is a letter. It's a letter. It wasn't separating chapters and verses. It's a letter. Like you read the whole letter. Okay, read that. First Corinthians 12 and 27. Right. Now you are the body of the Messiah the and members in particular. Members, God. And Yahweh has sent some in the assembly. This is how you can have patience. Stop it. People are doing what they are given. They're supposed to do this or that or the other. They have assemblies. They have an order of office. And yes, some people are doing what you think they ought to. But that's a moment in Yahweh's purpose. What they ought not do now may not be what they ought not do later. I've seen Yahweh make people grow old and straighten them up. He gave us the time to get straight up. I'm so glad about that myself. Gave me the time to straighten up. You still thinking about me when I was acting a fool, but I'm not acting a fool no more. That's why you have patience. Yahweh know what he's doing. That person's a son, they're going to come to it just like you are. He said, here, read on again. And Yahweh has set some in the assembly. Some. First apostles. They're apostles. Secondarily prophets. Prophets. Thirdly teachers. Teachers. After that, miracles. Miracles. Then gifts of healing. Yes. Helps. Helps. Governments. Governments. Diversities of tongues. You got diversity of gifts, we not. Are all apostles? Are all? Everybody got to do the same thing? No. Is that the way it works in your physical body? No. It's very simple when you look at the natural and spiritual. You see that it has an order of service. You understand? Now, what part is more important than the other part? We were talking about the appendix last night. It just does no purpose. Yahweh makes everybody have an appendix. Everybody comes in with an appendix. It just don't have no purpose. No, no. Yahweh made it there for a reason. You understand? It's there for a reason. He know what he's doing. We don't know. No, the, the doctors only learned about how the human body functions in the last two or three they still don't know a lot. Like, you know, y'all don't know what he did. He put it together like he's supposed to. And it all works together. You understand? For the vitality of your life. Dictated by the cloud. You understand? Read on. Are all apostles. Are Everything's all prophets. Everything's not a heart. Everything's not an intestine. Read on. Are all teachers. Right. Are all workers of miracles. Right. Have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues. Right. Do all interpret. Right. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Now you say yes. covet the best gifts. You know what the best gifts are? The attributes of Yahweh. You already come together in that set position as his son. That's the best gifts. That's right. Read on. You got the gifts of the Spirit too, or the fruit of the Spirit. He said, but, but I'll show you. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent A more excellent way? What's the more excellent way? What does he say next? Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, right. and have not love, right. I become a sounding brass. With love, it don't mean nothing. That was love that Yahweh did this. Yeah. Came into this shape and form. So that you and I can see him, vision and revelations. He knew he created a creation, couldn't understand it in this pure spirit state, and that was the purpose of that they understand that this was love. He sacrificed himself on the foundation of the world. Then he came in manifested in flesh. He did that here, that Philip would do. You understand? You don't understand? Just have a kid. Kicks in. It's amazing. I die for him. You understand? Just come. Just come. That's what he's showing you about what Yahweh did. 
This comes. Go ahead. Love. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and right. all knowledge, and right. though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have no love, right. I am nothing. It's nothing. That love, has, that's what Dr. Kimmy talked about, how you know you passed the death of life. I think I said it out in this quote. He said, ain't nobody got to tell you. He said, when you love the brother, See, that's what it is. And it ain't no faking thing either. It's a genuine love of the brother. I remember when me and Steve had that conversation back in 1999. Still pressed my mind. I didn't know these people from Adam. Who are you? I said, but I love you. I said, you know what? I love you too. <laughs> now, we just keep up with 14. 14 and 1. 14 and 1. Right. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Follow after love and desire the spiritual gifts, folks. That's what you do. You really don't have time for anything else. I don't have any more time either. So, thanks be to y'all. I'm so glad I got here. Yes. You want to hear about the miracles that we performed to get me here? It's amazing. We <laughs> <laughs> had the same stories. That's right. Praise Yasha. Please be Dr. Rick Trevison, Dean of the Syracuse, New York branch.
to see where she left off, although, you know, I can only do what Yahshua has given me and do the best I can. I don't have Rhonda's gifts, okay? So, uh, I have an article here I've been carrying around for a few weeks. It's out of the Syracuse newspaper. It's in the uh, religion section. And uh, the, the stuff that's all. I'll just read the title. Okay. But skip those first couple of paragraphs there, okay? So the article is called Buddhist Chaplains Are on the Rise in the United States, Offering Broad Appeal. Buddhist Chaplains. Okay. Now, I have to tell you a story behind this. Uh, when I went in the service, just about a week after Woodstock, <laughs> I went from one world to another. The differences couldn't be more extreme. And you just don't know unless you've been in the military. And I did not want to be there in the military at the time. Vietnam and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, shortly thereafter, there was death in my family. My grandparents died. And uh, I wanted to go home, get a weekend pass. I wanted to go to their funerals, okay? And uh, I had Italian grandparents, Irish grandparents. Obviously, raised Roman Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't have a chance as far as the spirit goes. <laughs> and the army wasn't going to let me do it. So I went to the chaplain. There's these guys called chaplains in the army. <clears throat> now in World War II, they did a lot of good for soldiers, okay? When I went in, I figured they were going to be the same kind of thing. They would help you. So I went to this guy, this chaplain. I said, the army's not going to let me go home for my grandmother's funeral. He said, well, there's nothing I can do. I can't help you. And right then, I was done with chaplains. Yeah. For uh, now we got Buddhist chaplains. Now, I don't know how many of you follow the news. You know what used to be called Burma is now called Myanmar. And it's a Buddhist country, heavily Buddhist. 
but there's a Muslim minority that has lived there forever called the Rohingya. And they decided, these Buddhist monks whipped up the army and whipped up these people because they decided they wanted to get rid of these Muslims. Genocide. Go in there, kill them, burn their homes. We don't want them here anymore. Now these are Buddhists. They're all about peace and love, right? And the Beatles. Look, these were Buddhists that did this stuff. Now here you got a Buddhist chaplain. My niece who used to be in class, one of our nieces, um, she used to be in the choir, beautiful voice, left the choir, left class, but stayed in touch with many people who used to come to class in Syracuse over the years. And she had a big outing one time uh, about five, six years ago at her house, and my wife and I were invited out there. And one of the girls that was there was a gal that used to come to Syracuse <coughs> class. Left Syracuse class, went over to East Syracuse, which was in the other uh, camp, so to speak. Uh, since then, she left that and went out to Colorado where she became a Buddhist. So I'm sitting there talking with her and I said, so what are you doing now? She says, I'm a Buddhist. I said, Buddhist? Do you know what they're doing to the Muslim minority over there in Myanmar? No. Well, they're butchering them. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we love our fellow human beings. So I'm just giving you some background on where people's minds are at. Ron talked about a carnal mind. These Buddhists don't know anything more about spiritualism than the Catholics do. Or the Lutherans do. Or the Muslims do. Or the Jews do. Not one bit more. So we're going to read something from this article. Please read. <clears throat> well, an ordained Sufi minister and practicing Zen Buddhist who brings years of meditation practices, scriptural training to support end-of-life patients. Lawrence is part of a version. They have to have scriptural training. Now your scriptural training is through the Law and the Prophets. And that's through the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't do that if the Holy Spirit didn't instruct you in that and how to be able to do that. You would never clue. 
I didn't know the worst thing about the Bible when I came into class. And they said, well, the first thing you should do is go home and read the book of Exodus. So what about the book Exodus by Leon Uris? <laughs> That's how much I knew about the Bible. Actually, Exodus is the first book of the Bible. That's the beginning of the Bible. There has to be an Exodus before there's a Genesis. The woman's ovaries and the man's sexual fluids have to undergo an Exodus before there's a Genesis in the uterus. Right or wrong? That's just the witness has to be that way. But they have to have training. Read. Years of uh, meditation practice and scriptural training. Years and years of it. Well, I've been at this 46 years. There's people in here that have been at it longer than that a good deal longer than that. And I know the more I learn how much more I really have to learn. How much I still don't really know. You know, it's just she's trying to point out the, the vastness of Yahweh. And where do you begin? Where do you begin? When the planet Earth is doesn't even show up. The, the Milky Way doesn't even show up on a map of the universe. The Milky Way, it's a galaxy. Doesn't even, it's like a dot on a map of the universe. And that all exists within Yahweh. This is the subject matter that we have under discussion here. Read. So this Reverend Lawrence is part of a burgeoning generation of Buddhist chaplains who are increasingly prominent in hospitals, hospices, and prisons where the need for their services rose dramatically, rose dramatically during the the, re the rise has increased dramatically, especially since the pandemic, in hospitals, prisons, all kinds of places. Read. So, in a professional, long dominated, sorry, in a profession long dominated in the United States by Christian clergy, Buddhists are leading an ever more diverse field that includes Muslim, Hindu, Wiccan, and even secular humanist chaplains. Buddhist chaplains say they're unique. There's even Wiccan chaplains. I mean, take your pick. I'll have a Wiccan chaplain today. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, they, these people today go to the church of your choice. You get to choose what church you want. That's not how it operates. She had it right over there. Let's get it again. I want Romans 8.28, please. Uh, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for, the, for good to them that love Yahweh. To them that love Yahweh. Read. To them who are called, the called, according to his purpose. Uh, to them who are the called. The called. That's what the called. If there's the called, then there's the uncalled. Not everybody's called. And so sometimes you would, geez, it just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem right. But that gets into the thing with the pottery, the clay, and the whole thing. There's not time for everything. Read. Uh, according to his purpose. It's according to his purpose. If this was my purpose, when I first came into class, I thought, I can't wait to tell all my buddies about this. All my fishing buddies. All my drinking buddies. All my partying buddies. All the guys I went to school with. My old fraternity brothers and colleagues. I can't wait to tell everybody. And I alienated a vast population of the United States. <laughs> I lost more friends and acquaintances in the first two years that I was in class than you could even imagine. I am no longer on the social salve re uh, register. My name has been struck off wedding invitations. You understand? It's not about popularity. You're not going to be popular. We used to have family and friend nights all the time in Syracuse. And we'd invite all kinds of people that used to come to class and were no longer coming. And we would invite family and friends and neighbors and everybody. And my wife and I went around the neighborhood and invited all our neighbors. We lost our babysitters. <laughs> we lost people. Nobody talked to us anymore. Those people are religious fanatics that live in that house. And that's how it is. I don't know if I'm going to get back to that. Just Read the end of it there for me. Thank you. Here. This part, okay, this part here. Okay. So 
In other words, people have become disenchanted with regular Christian chaplains. So now they're picking Wigan chaplains and Buddhist chaplains to give them some kind of comfort, to give them some kind of solace, to give them something when they're dying in the hospital, when they're in hospice, to give them something. These Buddhist chaplains are no more qualified to give them comfort than a rock. <laughs> if you don't get comfort from within you, you're not going to get it. It's got to come from within you. And that can only be as if a result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Nothing you can take credit for. It's nothing you've done. There's nothing you can do. If it's going to be by grace, let it be by grace. Nothing you can do. Let's go over to, uh, I want to get Ezekiel 16th chapter. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to. I'm getting over there. Perfect with your comeliness, polluted in our blood. Yes. Polluted in our blood is six. Yeah, about six, seven, eight, somewhere down around there. Um, Ezekiel 16 and 6. And when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. I said, Who's this speaking? This is Yahweh El. Yahshua. Yahweh El. One and the same. I said, live. He told you to live when you came in here and sat on a chair. I said, live. If he doesn't say live, you don't live. Read. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Verse 7, I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased in wax and grain. Now, this woman was polluted. This woman was naked. He's talking about Israel. <coughs> talking about Israel. 
and that she was naked and that she was polluted and she was cast aside on the side of the road. And he said to her, while she was polluted, live. Read the whole chapter when they have an opportunity. Read. And thou art come to excellent ornaments. Now he gave her excellent ornaments. There was a marriage that took place back here. When Israel was brought out of Egypt and was supposed to worship Yahweh on this mount, and it's in the 24th chapter of Exodus, and Moses reads to, to them all the commandments, and Israel says, everything that Yahweh had said will we do, and be obedient. They said their I do's right here. There was a marriage. He married her. She was his bride. She was his bride. Read. Uh, thy breasts are fashioned, and thine hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Well, thou, you were naked and bare. Naked and bare. We walked through the door the first time Naked and bare. Right. What do you mean naked? Look, I had an old army coat on, long hair, earring, sat in the back, scowling, <laughs> right in the very back of the road. I had jeans on, I was dressed, it was cold out. What do you mean naked? I was dressed, I was dressed fine. Naked. I'm talking spiritually. Naked. This is how we are when we come to class. That's why when we hear things we don't like to hear, it hurts us. Because it's exposing our nakedness. Oh, this is a whole <laughs> Your nakedness becomes exposed. Your, your callous mentality, your lust, your anger, your greed, your ego, all of it, it all gets exposed and you don't like that. You've spent your whole life building up a fortress in your mind with these impregnable walls that no one can penetrate and all of a sudden some guy up there is talking to me and he knows me because he's saying all this stuff about me. And I don't like it. But it's good for you. And it's like in the old days they used to give you cod liver oil. Back, back when Trump was a kid. <laughs> and it was awful. Yes. Said, but if you can get it down, it'll do you a lot of good. That's right. 
If you can get this down, if you can get the truth down, that's what you can't do on your own either. You don't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to accept the truth now. Yes, we've got to allow you to see the truth. He's got to allow you to hear. He's got to allow you to have a heart to be able to hear it with. And he's got to allow you to believe it once you hear it. You can't decide to just believe on your own. Yeah. They have to have cops out here directing traffic. It's the call. Read, please. Verse 8. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee. I spread my skirt over you. My skirt. This is the Creator talking to Israel. This is the Creator talking to you. This is the Creator talking to me. Read. And covered thy nakedness. Ah, he covered that nakedness that he exposed. He's going to cover it. He's going to cover it. And as he covers it, with each class you go to, it hurts less and less. And then it hurts. And then it hurts less. And then... <laughs> It'll continue to hurt until all the nonsense is cast out of you. <coughs> Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee. I entered into a covenant with you. Read. Saith Yahweh Elohim, and thou becamest mine. You became mine. And he loved her. And he gave Moses his heart to give to her. And he came down and he saw they were raising hell down here. That man broke, right? Why? To show that she had broken her husband's heart. So he told Moses, you want another set. And Moses what? Brought his heart up. And Yahweh wrote in his heart. It's showing you the two comments. The second time he wrote it in Moses' heart. And that got put in the tabernacle. Read. Verse 9. Then washed I thee with water. I washed you. Not physical water. We're not talking water baptism here. That's another, that's a whole lecture. It's a whole week of lectures. It's spiritual water. It's the truth. It's the gospel. It's the words that are preached from the floor. When it, they're the truth, it washes you. It washes you. There goes Jesus. Hey! 
Islam heard. There goes the Trinity. Whoa! You're getting washed. Getting washed up. Inside. Inside. That second set got put inside the tabernacle, which is a type of you. Read. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. And I anointed you with oil. Wasn't this thing anointed with oil? Weren't these vessels anointed with oil? Yes. And that holy anointing oil had five ingredients in it. Five. Showing Pentecost. Read. Verse 10. I clothed thee also with broidered work. I clothed you with embroidered work. No, I went down a mighty saloon and threw a robe on you. No, I clothed you with embroidered work. Embroidered is, hey, what is this, embroidered? Run of the mill stopper. No, we had Dick's little talent. Very talented, isn't it? Very pretty, isn't it? Read. And shot thee with badger skin. Badger skin. Diagram. Read. And I girded thee about with fine linen. I girded you with fine linen. Listen, this is all about covering our nakedness. Covering our nakedness. He's clothing us. Clothing us. And he's not clothing us with blue jeans. Fine linen. Read. And I covered thee with silk. 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 Read. Verse 11. I decked thee also with ornaments. Ornaments. Look, when a woman gets married, doesn't this sound like a bride adorning herself or being adorned with her maids of honor and stuff? And they're getting her all pretty up. Right, Gail? You're not throwing some kind of... They didn't go down to the salad shop and get some stuff to throw on her. Read. Verse 11. I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands. Bracelets, ornaments. Every time you come to class, ooh, I got a pearl. Ooh, I got a sapphire. Ooh, I got an emerald. He's giving you something every time you come. A jewel. Something. Read. And a chain on thy neck. And I put a jewel on thy forehead. A jewel on thy forehead. A jewel. Look, this can be, you can. The jewels 
on this temple dome. That dome was gold, and the jewels were encrusted right into the dome. So that when the sun reflected on that dome at high noon, you couldn't bear to look at it. But if you were inside the temple, you were fine. Read. And earrings in thine ears, and a beautiful crown upon thine head. A beautiful crown upon thy head. If he's a king, all kings, he's got a queen. He's got a queen. And that queen is getting dressed up. He's dressing her up. When you come to class, he's dressing his bride. He's giving you fine jewels, ornaments. He's decking you out. His bride. You know, there's a lot more there, I know. But I want to get over to Revelation 12 chapter. Start reading in one, please. Revelation 12 and 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Now, John is on the Isle of Pampas. And he has to turn and he is looking back and he's confirming Moses' vision. And he's confirming the prophets. Moses has seen the purpose from beginning to end. John's seen the purpose from the end to the beginning. Confirming one another. And he's looking back and he's, this is, look, he's seen another wonder up here. A woman clothed in the sun. And there are plenty of examples in the law and in the prophets to show what that woman clothed in the sun is. But time will not permit. Read. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. <laughs> the moon of the old covenant under her feet. Read. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Read. Verse 2. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. Just like he told Adam and Eve back here. Because thou hast done this thing with pain and travail, will you bring forth offspring. Right? So the end being declared from the beginning, at the end here, the woman. You, the bride, being full of the Holy Spirit, being pained to be delivered, there's going to be some labor pains. Labor pains. Something I was glad, boy, in the physical world, I never had to deal with. But now you're dealing with it spiritually. Read. Verse 3, and there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon. That's good. That dragon, he's waiting to devour her offspring as soon as it's birthed. 
It's pictures. Right down here is the one clothed in the sun. There's that train. Right there. Which is why all these tests, all these trials, all these things you're going through that Brandon was talking about, bringing out here, doing such an admirable job. Read. No, that's good. That's good. Now, I want to get the scripture reading, but I, um, I want to go to the chapter before. Yes, tw uh, 27. First Corinthians 12 and 27. And now you are the body of the Messiah. That's good. And now, now, this is about, chronologically speaking, this is about A.D. 59, A.D. 60. Okay? Well past the day of Pentecost. For Jew and Gentile, Holy Spirit's been poured out. And he's saying, now, 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 yeah, in this covenant, now, read, you are the... Now you are the body of the Messiah. You are the body of the Messiah. You are his bride. You are the woman. Down there. Way down there. Yeah. <laughs> She's clothed in the sun. Clothed in the sun. She's been clothed. Clothed. You're clothed in the sun. The S-O-M. You're clothed in these attributes. You're clothed. He's clothing you when you come to class. You're taking on his nature, your soul, your very soul is being converted to his nature so that when he looks at you, he's looking in a mirror. He's not seeing Dennis, he's not seeing Andy, he's not seeing Rhonda. He sees himself. You must take on that name. And now you are the body. Now, skip over real quick. First John, third chapter, first verse. I know my time is about gone. First John 21. Boy, that reads. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Yahweh. Therefore the world knows us not because in that, That's us. not... Oh, it's, it's not... Three, oh, it's one... What do you want? What words? First two. Beloved, now two. are we the sons of Elohim, and it does not yet appear... Yes, that's what I want. Okay, <laughs> uh, Beloved, now are we the sons of Yahweh, and it does not yet we appear... We are the sons! The daughters, we make up the bride. We are the woman clothed in the sun. Read. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we, we shall know that when 
he shall appear. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. Clothed in the sun. Dressed in diamonds. Dressed in fine linen. A chaste virgin. Do you understand? It's not me saying that. It's the law and the prophets saying that. It's Ezekiel saying that. That's how you shall appear. An immortal, glorified body. Glorified. Glorified. Just like him. My time is up. And I I wish I could have shared more with you. I could have just sat and listened around, to be honest with you. But I am thankful for being allowed to drive all the way from New York to come here from this event and partake of all the lectures that have taken place. It's been very edifying. It's been very nice. And uh, I thank you very much for everything you've done. I thank uh, I thank Yasha. I thank Yasha. Uh, hang on for a second. 
12. I want you to start at 112. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Now, right there. Giving thanks cannot be really sincere or even really uh, proper without you understanding where you came from and what Yash was doing with you. What he's causing to take place right within your heart and mind. The change that all of us have to go through. Now when, when you look back at yourself and you measure yourself, and I think Rick got up here and talked about that, and we, and I like the way he expressed that uh, he was being battered uh, sitting there. Um, and it's funny because, truthfully speaking, we all walk in the door with a high opinion of ourselves, with an ego, thinking we know something. And uh, the dean that taught us both uh, was a powerful, authoritative guy. And when he would get up there and speak, some people would be highly offended because of his authority that he manifested and think that this guy's arrogant. He's just trying to go after people. And uh, I can say when I came here to Green Bay, people, I wasn't like that. I was real mellow and all <laughs> Right, Andy? Real sergeant. I was 24 years old when I came, came here to Wisconsin, and I was uh, very bold. And um, they used to call me the mean dean. Yes, yes, yes. Now, the meanness was because back then we have a lot of, we had a lot of zeal in our youth. And this teaching overwhelmed us and inspired us and motivated us to such a degree that we would pour this out. And really, after you are in class for a while and you understand the love of the brethren and how that's to be manifested, it has a mellowing effect. We, don't, we do not compromise the truth in any way. And I remember I went to see Dr. Kinley in uh, October of 1975, I had already moved to Green Bay in September, and uh, we were just getting the class started. Chuck was here, and Jimmy Andrews, and a couple others, and Chuck took me out to L.A. On, he was a truck driver, and I spent time with Dr. Kinley out there, and I asked him about what I should do when I come to Green Bay. Now, I'm a 24-year-old kid. Coming here as a dean, trying to raise up a school, and that's an immense, I mean, I looked at Burbank Mitchell, I can't, I don't have the, the, the talents he has. He was a tremendous teacher. So, Doc said, Dennis, he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to preach this gospel and don't modify it, none. Don't water it down, don't modify it. Shoot from the hip. He said, tell it like it is and shoot from the hip, don't modify it. And if they can't cut it, he said, let them cut, meaning let them leave. So I came in here with this attitude. I'm just going to tell it like it is, and if they don't like it, they can go, you know. Uh, over the years, I've learned how to give you your pill wrapped in a uh, nice, sweet thing that you like chewing on, that you can swallow. <laughs> I know that's what we do with our dog. We take the pill and put it in a pill box, you know, so both eat it. Now, this teaching, the crux of it is love. That's what it is. Everything that we've learned, everything we know, boils down to this. That we come to know Yahweh and love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, 
and it's manifested by us loving one another. That's why if you don't love the brethren, you don't love Yahweh. You don't know Yahweh. Now, I just want to get back. He made us read that again, 12, please. Verse 12. Go ahead. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Now, meet means acceptable. Now, we don't understand at first what it's going to take to make us acceptable. Because some of us, you know, we're pretty pretty hard-headed in a lot of ways. We had a lot of things that uh, had to be, over time, corrected in us. Now, now, the wisdom of Yahweh and the mercy of Yahweh is that he gives us an opportunity to grow into the job, grow into the whole uh, demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Because if he hit us all at once, you got this, 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 and stop it. You would be crushed. You would be devastated. He gives us an opportunity to grow piecemeal, revelation by revelation, and for the Holy Spirit to bring to our awareness, through our conscience, conduct, attitudes, things that we do that are not acceptable to Yahweh. And he gives us the opportunity uh, to grow into these things, and we have what we say grown up into the teaching. It's not that we have more information now, which we do, but we also have some wisdom, some understanding, some patience, some uh, kindness, some long-suffering, some forbearance, all of these things have to be experienced. Now, I love what Rhonda said about stressing out the fruit tree. Yeah. That makes it, that was a nice one. I never heard that before. That's powerful. Yeah. That's why you count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Right. It's a lot of stress. All of us are going to go through trials. We're going to go through hard times. And Dr. Kinley did say this. He said, I wouldn't give you two cents for a Holy Ghost that hasn't been tried. Okay. Now, in retrospect, understanding what we do now, it occurred to me after I heard that statement many times, and all of a sudden over the years I started thinking, he didn't say that I wouldn't give you a two cents for a dentist that hasn't been tried, or for a Rick that hasn't been tried, or a Rhonda. He said the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost has to be put in the uh, 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 position to express himself through you through manifold trials and tribulations. That is one of the ways this becomes real to you, and that's one of the ways that you come to the conscious awareness of Yahshua working in you. Now, it was mentioned by one of the speakers that, uh, uh, I don't remember if it was Rhonda, I think it was Rhonda, uh, that was talking about Paul, and he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Right. Not Stephen, but me. We have to understand the magnitude of how Yahshua is causing us to be meek to the Father and how he is causing us to be acceptable, which in turn involves being clothed about with all of those things that Rick was talking about. Now, this teaching is not real if it's just information and you never have to go through and use the things in class in your own life to find peace, comfort, joy. Those things make this teaching real rather than just something we talk about. You follow? And you need to have an experience of the Holy Spirit in you giving you comfort. Because believe me, I've been under a lot of stress. And every time I find myself caught in a situation, stressed out, especially in these hard times, I have to get in my bed at night and start talking to Yahshua. Yahshua, strengthen me. 
Give me faith. Help me to understand to be patient and long-suffering with these things. Now, the devil's there. I love the t-shirt that one of the children had on yes, yesterday. Yes, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. There you go. <laughs> you know, and, and really, Satan's not, he's not a quitter. You've got to give him that. <laughs> Satan has, you follow stamina. He is relentless in trying to break you down to get you to deny Yahshua. But stronger is what is in you than what Satan can go really go up against. You understand? And you need to find and have the experience of Yahshua comforting you and carrying you to a point where you can persevere and put up with these hard times and not fall apart. Because the world is falling apart. I, I would, what Rhonda said, this world is nasty out here. He, I mean, all these shootings, these killings, show you the level of hatred that is in these souls that go out and do these kind of things. And of course, I don't have to say this. Anybody that kills somebody because their skin is black or they're a Jewish person, you know, I'm talking about the groups that they've been targeted, it's because they are sure in a state of sure darkness and ignorance. You understand that? They can't penetrate into the flesh and look at a person's heart and a person's uh, character and recognize, yeah, we might have some difference in our culture, but they're basically, they have the same things. They, they love their people. They love their children. Just like I love my, you understand, they can't relate with them because they can't get past the barrier of the flesh. And that's what a carnal mind is all about. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Now, he has made us meet to do what? Read. To be partakers of the inheritance. There's an inheritance. And he has to make you acceptable for you to be able to be a partaker of that inheritance. Now, the inheritance is in Yahshua the Messiah. That is the promised land that this one was a type, shadow, and, and figure of. And when Yahweh took this whole thing and brought the children of Israel and put them into captivity, only to take them out to bring them back here, that is to show that everything comes forth in the beginning, out of Elohim, Yahshua, down into the physical, and has got to return back. And in the end, he's going to gather all that are in heaven and earth in order to everything is gathered back in Yahshua. But we want to go back in Yahshua clothed in righteousness. And I'll talk about why that's important, that's necessary. And I want you to know that we have to make this trip. This migration is vitally important in Yahweh's purpose for you to understand and appreciate what was already promised from the beginning. Over there in the 25th chapter of Matthew, when he talks about the parable, uh, well actually he talks about at the end, that when Yahshua shall come, with his mighty angels at the end. And I don't know if you remember that. And he said, I shall say to uh, the sheep that he put on his right side, he said, come ye into the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Right. Now why not just leave us there? If, you know, if this thing is such a wonderful, uh, 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 what's the reward that's coming for us, why not just leave us there right from the beginning? Now these people, that were down into Egypt, 
Yahweh orchestrated them coming down because of that uh, drought that, uh, and he sent Joseph in there with the Holy Spirit to, pour, to, uh, to prepare them for this uh, event that would happen to the saving of their lives. Now he sends them down, and I remember Mitchell used to say to us, now when the Jews had their, fest, uh, their fest, uh, feast day every day here, uh, commemorating when Moses and the people came out of, uh, out of Egypt. He said, did they ever think to thank Yahweh or Elohim for putting them down into Egypt? <laughs> Used to say that all the time. Now I want you to know that this is necessary to go into this captivity because what they had up here could not be appreciated. This one's for Steve. Dorothy had to go into Oz into Oz in order to appreciate what she had at home, because there's no place like home. But she had to go through the trial. You understand? Now this is what's happening. Yahweh is sending us down into this physical realm that we live in. Now I want to talk about this physical state down here in Egypt. It's painted on this chart. It's all black. It's darkness. And Doc talked about the plague of darkness, which was stingent black darkness. Now, whether you realize it or not, Rick walked in there shining in his own mind. It was darker than a thousand midnights in his understanding. And that's all of us. I'm not picking on Rick. I'm just using that example. You are in a state of profound ignorance or darkness when you walk in the door. So dark that you have no way to find your way out of that state. You don't know which direction to go in to get out of it. You don't even know that light exists for you to try to get to the light. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's how we were when we were out in the world. Now he said he has made us meet to be partakers of what? Read that. <coughs> partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Now, to be a partaker of the inheritance as a son or of a son in light. You understand? That light that has to shine is the gospel of salvation and Yahweh's purpose being opened up and revealed to you. You understand? You need to know and understand the purpose. And Dr. Kinley put it like this. He said, if you ever catch on to how this works, then you won't have such a hard time with it. Well, what's the this? I thought about that after he said it. And eventually it came to me, how this purpose works. This purpose is hidden in a mystery, ladies and gentlemen. Down in your scriptures, it's manifested, but you don't see the underlying reality, which is what the purpose is. The purpose is spiritual. The purpose isn't that you come to class and you're going to win the lottery. There are churches out there that tell their people that they are preaching prosperity, meaning you're going to, your jobs are going to get promoted and make more money, you're going to win a lottery, and these people go down there thinking they're praising the Lord, they're going to get these uh, uh, physical things because they're doing that. Now I want you to know this, that the reality here that we're trying to get you to see is that this teaching is doing just the opposite. Our lives are like everybody else's. We have illness, we have money problems, we have relationship problems. We all go through that. Somebody steals our parking spot or we're about to pull in at a grocery store. You follow somebody's driving 
uh, two miles an hour when the speed limit is 30. We all go through that. He's not making your physical life better. In fact, it's the stress that brings out the fruit. And what I want you to know is when you have Yahshua and you have this gospel to fall back on, that's the power that Doc is talking about in that transcript called the power within you. You can tap into what you've learned here and turn to Yahshua for, for help in your lives and just be still and let him show you his deliverance. And that's imperative that we do that. But when we come in for the first time, we're captives in a strange land. Now, I want to tell you why. Because you were in your creator's mind from the beginning. You didn't, so that was talked about tonight, too. The, the Yahweh knew you before you were even born. You understand? And he already had his plan in operation. And so what I want you to know is, he's been working with you your whole life unawares to you. You didn't realize how he was directing your footsteps. In fact, let me go to one scripture. Go over to, hold your finger there because I'm not done there. I want you to go over for a minute to, uh, hang on for a second. Oh boy. I want you to go to, I think it's in Jeremiah here. Okay, Jeremiah 8, uh, 1023. Thank you. Great. Jeremiah 1023. Oh, Yahweh, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. We think we know, you know, we all sit and plan out our lives. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get uh, uh, learn a career. I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever you decide. And you think you've got your life planned out. Now, there's a scripture which talks about man plans and Yahweh executes. Meaning you think you're going to set something up and you're going to do go through and everything's going to work this way and you have these dreams of everything falling into place for you. And then all of a sudden you find out it didn't work out just the way you thought it would. <laughs> Well, Yahweh's got a purpose for everything under the sun that's going on with you. And it's all centering in bringing you to Yahshua, the Messiah, and appreciating the great gift that he's given us. Now, what I want you to know is that what we're realizing is, is that he has been directing us our whole lives to bring us down to class at a set time. Now, it was talked about that no man cometh to the Son unless the Father draw him first. So we are drawn down to class. Many of us, when we walked in there for the first time, didn't have a clue what we were walking into. Some of us may not have even come if we would have known that. You understand? But Yahweh, at the right prescribed time, who's been directing your footsteps down through life covertly, I'll say behind the veil, now all of a sudden brings you down to class and causes you to sit in that chair and something that is preached makes sense to you. It, it resonates in you and causes a reaction that causes you to be, and I'll, I remember this used to be said years ago in class, it used to be said that Yahweh will take you captive against your own will. And truthfully, once you catch on to this thing, and you see it, you can never walk away from it. 
Doc said, once you see what I'm talking about, you're going to die just that way. Yes. It'll never leave you. Now, we want to be brought to that point. Now, go back over where you were in Colossians. Colossians 1 um, and 13. Go ahead. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He didn't say you found your way out and I was waiting for you. He has to go in and get you and bring you out. Over here he says, out of Egypt have I called my son. Yahweh had to bring them out. There's no way these Israelites could get out of this state down here that they were in. They needed a deliverer. They needed somebody to come down to take them by the hand and bring them out of here. Now that's the same thing that happens with each and every one of you. He has caused you to walk into these, this meeting some point and then taken you by the hand and brought you out of that state of darkness that you were in. And for the first time in your life, you could see light. You could see something that made sense, some understanding that would give your life purpose. Something for you to live for. Something that you would uh, uh, cherish, that you would value. That's what this teaching is for. Now what happens is, he's delivered us out of the power of darkness and called us up out of Egypt, out of the state of darkness, and has delivered us from the power of the devil that was operating covertly in each and every one of us. Now, I'm not saying you were a satanic spirit, but those satanic spirits had you in captivity. You understand? And we have to be delivered from that captivity. The captivity is ignorance. That's what they're, how they're keeping you and, and working with you. There's a metaphysical force that's working upon you that you have no consciousness of before you come down here. Now, when Yahshua opens this thing up to you and delivers you out of that, you look back and see the darkness you were in, and you see how you were being misled to make wrong decisions, violate your conscience, do all these things, you then now can be thankful really thankful for Yahshua bringing you out of that. But you're going to have to recognize that. You understand? You're going to have to come to the realization that Yahshua's kindness and mercy was manifested towards you for you to appreciate what this teaching is about. Now, I want to talk, because I see my clock is running, and I'm trying to cut up stuff that I want to say, but I want to talk about when he brings us out. When he brought Israel out of this land of Egypt, gathered her in here and brought in a covenant. That covenant was a marriage ceremony. Israel became enjoined to him and became his bride. Now under the new covenant, it's the same thing that's going on. What he's doing is he's bringing you down here who were essentially, uh, every one of us were uh, uh, by nature children of wrath. Every one of us were sinners. Every one of us violated our conscience and excused ourselves. And he brought us down and sat us down, opened up the light of this gospel to us that caused us to be enjoined to him. In other words, we were taken captive against our own will, became his bride. And under this covenant, there's something different, obviously, as we know, than what happened at Mount Sinai. And that is that Yahweh agreed to give us a new heart and a new spirit. Ezekiel 36, 24, please.
I want to talk about this bride, and I want to talk about the temple and the tabernacle, but to make a couple of points, and I'm trying to lay groundwork for it. And I, I like to go to your foundation and come from the foundation so you can see the scriptural basis of what I'm about to say. That way you know you've got something you can go in your Bible and check out for yourself. And you can use it for your own self. Now, Ezekiel 20, 36, 20. What, what time am I done, by the way? What time? You got 15 minutes. All right, okay, good. Now, okay, now, now I know what my clock time is. Go, go ahead. I'll go ahead and get this get this roll. 2.30. Thank you. Now, who are the heathen? The heathen are those that know not Yahweh. That's the true heathen. I was going to a heathen church because the priests, the pope, they don't know Yahweh. You follow? Those are a bunch of heathen disguising themselves, getting you to believe because they're in darkness. They're leading you who are in darkness. The blind lead the blind. And you think they see and you think they know where the, they've seen the light and the old example we used to use, and if, if I uh, if I could just demonstrate this real quick, Pat, uh, no, Patrick, you got a cane. Let me let me pick on let, let me pick on my guy Ben here. Ben, I want you to close your eyes. All right, now put your hand out. Keep your eyes closed. All right, now Ben, follow me. Keep following me. Keep your eyes closed. Now open your eyes. What do you see? And what do you see specifically? You got your glasses. How are my eyes right now? Now, he had to get his eyes open to see that I was blind. When I grabbed his hand, he thought this guy knows the way. But once he gets his eyes open, he says, that guy didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know where he was going. Now, you need to get your eyes open to this teaching to be able to look back at what you came out of to see that they're blind. Now, keep reading. Ezekiel 36. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries. Read. I will bring you into your own land. Now, your own land is this. Dr. Kinley talked about how Abraham walked the length and the breadth of Canaan's land, but never once set foot in the promised land. Now, we know the promised land is Joshua himself, that we are going to dwell in under this new covenant. That's our land that we want to be in. See, not the physical dirt over there in the Middle East. Read. Then will I sprinkle clean water. Now, the clean water is the preaching of the gospel. And if, if it's according to the law of the prophets, Joshua said that he that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when we go back to the law, go back to the prophets, show how these things that we've learned in our foundation are bringing us to a spiritual understanding under the new covenant, we are now, and get up and teach that, we are sprinkling clean water on you. Why is it clean? Because your theories, concepts, and opinions aren't a part of it. It's got to be according to what doth saith Yahweh, what Yahweh himself set up. Once you do that, it takes you out of the picture and puts it squarely on your creator, where the information's coming from. And he gets the glory. Keep reading. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Right. Right. A new heart also. Now you've got to get a new heart. Why? 
Once you have the Holy Spirit in you, you now have become a new creature on the inside. And you are translated out of the darkness into the glorious light. You are translated into the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, in the inside, you're shining as bright as any star in the universe. You are a glory, a glorified uh, soul that is dwelling in an, a mortal body that does not have glory. Your body is not a glorified. I don't care how handsome you think you are, you know, how good looking you are, or you're buff, you go work out at the gym. See, and I can tell you, that ain't going to last. <laughs> Enjoy it while you're young, because when you get older, it's all going to be gone. You understand? See, the world Look, I just happened to see this thing the other day where they were showing these actors that we've seen over the years that were handsome and beautiful, and here's what they look like now. It was frightening. It was frightening. So you've got to get, get out of it. This flesh. The glory that we have when we're young is only for a short, little short period. Now what I want you to understand is what, what's in you, you understand, is a glorified soul through Yahshua the Messiah. Now here's what we got to do. We've got two glories that are going on in this purpose. One is the inner glory. That glory is the divine nature forming in you that those that have the Holy Spirit can look down at you and see that. And there's a light. There's the light of Joshua there in that body. And with that, and then we connect to each other because we discern Joshua in one another. You understand? Mm -hmm. But the old outer body isn't glorified. Now Doc said the problem is we got a we got an immortal soul in a mortal body, and we gotta fix that. Now here's what's happening. In the tabernacle, all the vessels that were in the tent, mm -hmm. I say tabernacle means tent. The, the, the lampstand, the table of shoe bread, the uh, uh, incense, and the Ark of the Covenant were all gold. Right. They were overlaid with gold. And they were hidden from the outside world, covered over by skin, badger skins. And there was no glory when you looked at the outside tabernacle. Oh, that's quite a structure. If you weren't a priest that could get into the inner sanctuary, you didn't see the glory. Right? So it's glorified on the inside here, but the outside, which we already know was temporary. It wasn't permanent. I'm talking about the bars, pillars, boards, and the skins. Now that had to remain that glory in that tabernacle for a set time. But once they migrate and are led up into Canaan's land, that tabernacle, which was set up for a time, while the temple was being constructed, which was a glorious structure both inside and outside. Then they had to, when it was completed, they had to take those vessels that were in the tabernacle and move them into the temple so that the unification of the glorious inside was matched with the glorious outside. And then it was dedicated at a certain point when it was ready to uh, be utilized. And as, as Rick said, this temple, Dr. Kinley talked about that, it, that on a sunny day it was so brilliant 
the light that if you were standing at the bottom of Mount uh, uh, Moriah here and looking up at it, you wouldn't be able to stand to look at the glory of that temple. He said, but if you're on the inside, and Rick talked about this, it doesn't bother your eyes at all. Now, Peter said, ye are as lively stones of the temple. And Yahshua said, to see this temple, destroy it, and in three days I will build it up again. And they thought he was talking about the Herodian temple, but he spake of the temple of his body. My question is this, which body? The physical body? Because the physical body didn't come up three days later. It was the quickening spirit that resurrected on the third day. So the real body of Yahshua is his, him, the head, and the congregation, his bride, make up his body. And we read that today in the scripture, that ye are his body, or his body. So he is going to construct his spiritual temple after that resurrection. He's going to raise up the temple that will be presented to Yahweh, which is him and all of the souls that have been put into the temple that are bearing a reflection of the divine attributes giving glory unto Yahweh. Thessalonians, first, uh, 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 you are trouble. First Thessalonians, first chapter. I want you to see what's going on. We're being prepared, ladies and gentlemen, because when the temple is ready to be revealed at the end of this age, you're going to be right in there shining. Now I want you to know that. Now watch. Go ahead. Second. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians. Is it 2 Thessalonians? Okay, first chapter. Yep, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 6. Go ahead. Seeing it is a righteous thing with Yahweh to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. Mm -hmm. When Yahshua the Messiah shall be revealed from heaven. When's that? That's at the end of this age. He's going to be revealed from heaven. Great. With his mighty angels. With his mighty angels. Read. In flaming fire. Read. Taking vengeance on them that know not Yahweh, and that obey not the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. Keep reading. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of Yahweh, and from the glory of his power. Go ahead. When he shall come to be glorified in his sons. When he shall come to be glorified where? In his sons. Now, if the sons don't bear the glory of Yahshua, then Yahshua's not being fully glorified. That ain't going to happen. That glorious temple that will be revealed here at the end of the age, we become members of the temple and we are joint heirs with him in Romans the 8th chapter. We are receiving a portion of his inheritance. He has the inheritance, not me, not Dennis or Rick or anybody else. Yahshua is the only one that has an inheritance from his father. But he is sharing that inheritance. We are joint heirs with him because we are his offspring. You understand that? Now you know if you've got an inheritance from your parents and you have children, then once you uh, the parents that passes to you, now you have in your will that my children get a part of this. That's what's going on. Now watch. Watch. We've got now Yahshua. He has the inheritance. And here's what happens. You become grafted into his body. And on a fruit tree, when they graft the branch into the uh, trunk, the trunk accepts that branch and binds to it. 
and send sap up through into that branch so that it may produce fruit to give glory to the whole tree. Now, whoever said, looked at a uh, cherry tree, an apple tree, you name it, that didn't have any fruit, I'd say, what a marvelous, beautiful looking tree that is. <laughs> if it doesn't bear fruit, it does not show forth glory. The glory is, whoa, look at those apples. Look at those cherries. And In other words, there, people are going nuts over the, the fruit of that is born by the tree. Yeah. Now, Yahshua is the tree, and we are the branches. Once we be grafted into him, and he sends forth that sap. Know what that sap is? Understanding the revelations that he imparts to us cause us then to bear that fruit because we are receiving knowledge and understanding from the Holy Spirit that have been passed down from Yahweh himself through Yahshua to you. Therefore, when he appears, he's coming to be glorified in his sons. Now watch. I want to show you this. John 17. Let me just get these out and I'll, and I'll be finished here. Just let me do this here and we'll be finished. Because I, I don't want to leave it. Start at 1. Start reading 1. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lift up his eyes to heaven and Great. said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify Now he says glorify your son that the son may glorify the father. Now, you, if you check out this, you're going to find out that many times Joshua talked about he was giving glory or glorifying Yahweh. Now, Yahweh is manifested through Yahshua the Messiah, and when you see things that Yahshua is saying, doing, and you go, wow, that's Yahweh. So it's coming through Yahshua, but it's the glory of Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. Right? Now, go down to, he says, glorify me now. That might be the third or fourth verse. That was the first you read. Okay. Go ahead. And Five. now, O Father, glorify you me with your own self. Glorify me with your own self, read. With the glory which I had with you before the world was. Yahshua was glorified with the glory of Yahweh. Now, Dr. Kinley in this transcript that we read here last year said that you can't see Yahweh in pure spirit. He said, but Yahshua is in the bosom of the Father, and he sees him, and he will reveal him to you. You understand? Now, Yahshua over in, I think it's Timothy, talks about how he only has immortality and dwells in the light that no man can see, nor can you approach it, because you can't see pure spirit. So the light has to come through Yahshua and be broken apart just like a prism breaks open the spectrum and break down for you what pure spirit is. Now when you receive it, you become part of the light and your glory is through Yahshua the Messiah, then therefore glorifying Yahweh. So Yahweh is glorified by his son Yahshua and then all the sons that Yahshua has had offspring from or brought about offspring. So in John, I'm not going to read in 17, says, Father, make them one as you and I are one. And when you're made one with Yahweh through Yahshua, you are a partaker of that glory that reflects back Yahweh himself. And therefore, when he appears at the end of this age, and I got it right in the transcript, Doc said he's going to appear in a super corporeal form, and you're going to be right there with him with the same body he has. That's right. 
I got it. It's an immortality that's in the black book. I think it's page 10. Now, I want you to realize I'm out of time. I wanted to crack that for you. I just wanted you to realize that our, our journey is not over when you come to class because there are promises that have not yet been fulfilled. He's promised to bring us into a new heaven and new earth state, new creation, and he's promised to give us an immortal glorified body. Those things are, you have to have faith and continue the course, and at the end you will receive those, the end of those promises. But you can have confidence because he's shown you time and time again, Yahweh never breaks his promises. With that, thank you so much for the opportunity, and peace and joy and love to all the brethren. With that, I'll hand it back to the moderator. Thank you. Tuesday, July 12th, and July 19th, because there will be some visitors in town yet. So instead of Zoom, it'll be in person. And also, following today's class, everyone is planning on meeting at the China Buffet for lunch, if you are able to make it. Um, I will put the address on the board, but just so you know, it's 2241 Main Street here in Green Bay. And with that, let us all rise to be dismissed. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise Elohim our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Amen. Amen.